This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Some beliefs empower you, and other beliefs limit you. Other beliefs cause you to even self-sabotage yourself. Forget in your microphone like I just did. (laughs) Good morning from Miami. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever else you are in the world. Great to see everybody today. You look marvelous, darling. Please uh, check in on the uh, chat. Let me know where you are and where you're watching from. We got Svetsen in the house, Bulgaria. We got Stefan from Austria, India, Surav, Brandon uh, from the UK, Mercedes. Good to see everybody here. Susanna in, I uh, can't remember if you're in Czech or the other side. Anyway, good to see you here. Mary Ellen Lapp. I see Edser in, uh, who's actually in Miami now, I guess. Renee, Arena, rather, from Tampa. Good to see you here. So, hey, everybody. Okay, North Georgia, Chi-Town, Belarus, Mexico, half Canadian, okay, (laughs) Nashville. Uh, So, anyway, this is what we call the Prosperity Unchurch. It's kind of a celebration service that a lesson that I'm doing every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, where we study the, it's a for-profit prosperity ministry. Uh, I try to model the behavior that we're talking about every week and model the lessons. And so we study every Saturday, we get together and we study the principles of prosperity free enterprise, and generosity. Last week was a very fascinating show because we were talking about uh, how to create leverage in in your life, how to get from trading time for money. And then I gave you an assignment. So I'm looking for a volunteer, somebody who wants to share who did the assignment last week, right? Your assignment was, okay, find at least one thing that instead of trading time for money, you could trade money for time. All right? So uh, give me a hand or put up the hand in the box if you're willing to volunteer, if you did the homework. Uh, and I'm seeing Sarab in the chat is talking about that. Um uh, starting his own agency, first time on here live. Good for you. Good to see you in the in the in the chat, and I love to see you guys doing that. What a shock! Brandon is volunteering. This is a miracle. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, all right, Brandon. I'm okay. I asked you to unmute. I think 
You with us, Brandon? Yo, Brandon, you're unmuted, but we don't hear you. See, he is. All right, so something wrong maybe with your hookup, Brandon. Uh, so I'm going to go into the lesson because we got a lot of stuff and I want to make sure we get through it. So here's the premise that I want to begin with. I'm going to share seven, what I think are really limiting beliefs that either cause you to create lower expectations, um, cause you to become demotivated, or in certain cases actually cause you to self-sabotage your behavior, to actually do things that prevent you unknowingly. You have no idea. It's total on a subconscious level, but you're doing things that um, sabotage your, your chance for health, happiness, creating wealth, and just other forms of prosperity. So, the premise that we're going to operate on, and I'm going to share seven of those, by the way, and then I'm going to give you seven empowering beliefs that you could replace them with. So what we have to do is we have to recognize limiting beliefs. We have to destroy them. We have to eviscerate them. We have to blow up those beliefs and send them back into the nothingness from which they came. And then we have to replace them with empowering beliefs. All right. Love the chat. Love seeing everybody really in the house, everybody participating. So let's dive into this. So uh, limiting belief number one, and this is one we've talked about, I bet, um, on at least three or four of these. We're number 20, by the way. Week number 20. Oh, and you know what I forgot to say before I get into the seven beliefs? For you guys who are new, this is an experiment. I'm experimenting with the idea of, could this for-profit ministry work where I don't charge a set fee, I don't uh, uh, make a, a paywall for people to get in, that I put out the lesson each week and just circulate the prosperity and allow each person to choose whatever it is that they want to give to support the work. So if money is really tight and you're in here out of desperation and you can just send a dollar, I love seeing $1 donations, $2, $5. I get those a lot. If you feel moved to tithe because this is the source of your spiritual nourishment, I will accept that in the spirit with which it's given. And if you're just like, okay, if I normally went to a seminar for 45 minutes or an hour, I'd pay 40 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever. And that's what you, whatever it is. Um, but I'm experimenting with this. This is week number 20, lesson number 20. Um, I put a lot of work into this, as you can see, if, you, if you're a regular viewer. Uh, I have to say it, it's, it's not really the money doesn't justify the time at this point. Um, because I have clients who pay me money to work with them that is more lucrative. But so I said, I'm going to give this a go and just see what the, un if, what the universe tells me. Does the universe really feel 
there's value in this and do they want to support it? And is there people who say, hey, I really got something out of Randy's work. I've been able to manifest success because of that. And I'm going to support the show because I want other people. I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to help support that so the people who can't afford it, the people who can only pay a dollar a week so they could do it. Um, so it's not there from a financial standpoint yet. And I knew it would take a while if, it, if we're going to do that and to grow the show. Um, but what I saw last week was the most people who contributed $1, $2, $5 That was the most we've ever had. So I'm encouraged by that. Like I say, I, it's not really meeting the the financial test of, you know, if my if Lornette looked at this from a fiscal standpoint, if my accountant looked at that, they would say, Randy, stop doing this, you know, go work with one of your consulting corporate consulting clients, they pay you a lot more money, and you don't have to spend all that time preparing the lesson every week. But I'm putting it out to you guys to see, do you want to see this continue? So that's where we're at. Um, so you contribute whatever you want. The page to do that is randygage.o. And I think Paula is pulling it up. I see the screen reverberating. Yes, there we go. Randygage.com forward slash go. If you want the show to go on, go to randygage.com forward slash go. And you can PayPal, you can Venmo, you can debit card, however uh, you want to support the work. It's not a religion. It's not a church. We call it the prosperity unchurch. It's an unreligion. Like I say, principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity. Okay, so let's look at this first limiting belief, which I started to say uh, you've seen in at least three or four of these uh, lessons, and should the the should it continue, you're probably going to see it in 29 other ones. And this limiting belief is shared by, okay, so last I heard there were 7.7 billion people in the world. And I would say this first belief is shared by at least 7 billion of those 7.7 billion. And that belief is that money is a finite resource that money is limited, that there is only a certain amount of pesos and pounds and dollars and Bitcoin and Japanese yen and Chinese yuan or whatever that is, however that's pronounced, um, that there's a finite amount of it. And that when someone else has it, then you can't manifest it because it's distributed around the world. And this is how, like I say, at least 7 billion people believe this, that there is a certain amount of currency in the world, whether it's fiat currency, cryptocurrency, they believe there's a certain amount. It's been allocated in a certain way, right? Jeff Bezos has a lot of it. Oprah Winfrey has a lot of it. People struggling in uh, San Salvador don't have a lot of it. People in South Central LA don't have a lot of it and that it is what it is. And the only way, uh, many people believe, the only way to change that is we have to take that money from someone else. 
And you're going to see that's going to come up in a different limiting belief in a different context. You have to blow that up. And we're going to talk why in the second half. Belief number two. The system is built with an inherent bias that prevents you from becoming wealthy. Maybe someone will be good for the community and type these in the chat if you would. So number one belief was limiting belief is that money is a finite resource. And number two belief, limiting belief is the system is built with an inherent bias that prevents you from becoming wealthy. So what do I mean by that inherent bias? Well, the bias may be you're a high school dropout. So you say there is definitely a bias for people who have college degrees. They get more offers for better jobs. So there is an inherent bias with me uh, because I'm a high school dropout. There's an inherent bias with me because I'm a woman. I work in journalism and all of the heads of all the networks and all of the people who give the assignment editors, and they're all old white guys and they have a good old boy club and there's an inherent bias for me to be successful in journalism or in film or in customer service or in manufacturing or in show business or in law or in medicine or in, and we could give every possible uh, industry and profession occupation uh, there is. Maybe it's because of the color of your skin. We have people watching this from Africa, as you could see, and the education system is not as advanced there. The infrastructure is not there. They may not have regular access to broadband that other people do. So there is systemic things that very readily you could come up with the belief that the system is built with an inherent bias that prevents you from becoming wealthy. You've got to blow up that belief. Even though, listen to me now, even though there really is inherent bias in the system. There's absolutely no deny. Anybody who denies that is a liar or is foolish because there is bias against, like in this country, there's bias against people of color. In other countries, there's bias against white people. There is inherent bias against poor people, against undereducated people, against women, against LGBTQ people. There are so many categories that you could fall into that would your religion, being a Jew, being a Hindu, being an atheist, uh, there's lots of, there, there's, there's just inherent bias in a lot of areas that will make it harder for you to succeed. I'm a professional speaker. I'm in the Speaker Hall of Fame. Uh, last year, year before, I was on the committee that helped uh, select the new inductees into the Speaker Hall of Fame, right? And one of the big conversations we had each year was, 
why aren't there more women in this group? Why are we, if we we're, we're nominating, we're inducting five new people. Why are four of them old white guys? And there was four old white guys last year and there was four or five old white guys the year before. The answer is because the speaking profession is very misogynistic, very sexist. Um, and that is, you know, it's changing. We have some amazing talent in the space now, people of color, women, uh, other uh, uh, LGBTQ, all of that stuff. But it has to change at the ground level, right? I can't just, my committee, we couldn't just say, okay, we're only going to pick five women this year because that's not fair either. We're going to eliminate guys who really are deserving to be in. And we don't want to put in anybody just because they're a member of a, of a mis, you know, a lowly represented group. Right. And no one would want that. Right. I wouldn't want to be picked for the hall of fame because of my ethnicity or my sexuality or my age or any of those things. Right. But those things exist. But what's the belief? The belief is those things are so strong that they prevent you from becoming wealthy. And that's the part you've got to blow up. So if you have the first part of the belief to say, hey, I'm Jewish and there is a systemic bias against me. Okay, I will say it's true. You, you can hold that belief and it still can serve you as long as you recognize the second part of this wasn't true, that just because you're disabled, because you're Jewish, because you're a woman, because you're a lesbian, because you're whatever, that you can't become wealthy, right? There are people watching this right now who probably have a belief, okay, I can't be wealthy because I'm a high school dropout, but I'm a high school dropout. And I used to have that belief. But when I blew up that belief, I said, okay, the fact that I'm a high school dropout, there are not companies calling me up and offering jobs. There are not recruiters trying to bring me into their company. Nobody's offering me a corner office cushy job with health benefits and insurance and a company car and expense account. Man, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do this. You know, I'm going to have to pull myself up by this, right? So really important distinction there. Numero tres. Money changes or corrupts people. Number three, money changes or corrupts people. This is the excuse belief. This is the belief because we all know a rich jackass. Everybody, right? We have our rich uncle who's a jackass, or we work for a boss and he's rich and he's a jerk. Or we used, you know, our old college roommate is a dot-com billionaire now and they're a creep. So we can then say, oh, the money changed him or the money corrupted her. And now we have the perfect excuse why we're not successful. Because we can say, and most of this, you got to understand, most of this is done on a subconscious level. You don't even know you're doing it. It's all being done on a conscious level, which is, wow, 
Yeah. People, that money changes people. They corrupt them. They have to sell their soul. They have to be a bad parent. They have to uh, destroy the environment. They have to rip off the shareholders. They have to lose their integrity. And I don't want to do that. And then we're back to that meme from the first super, the first Spider-Man movie. You know, we may not be rich, but at least we're honest. That's an excuse you're selling yourself to keep you broke. That's a belief you're selling yourself that causes you to self-sabotage your net worth. You got to blow it up. And again, second part of this, we're going to look at all seven of these limiting beliefs and we're going to replace them with an empowering belief, with the correct version of these beliefs, the beliefs that actually serve you. Because remember, some beliefs sabotage you, other beliefs empower you. By the end of this broadcast, we're going to have seven beliefs that empower you to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. Number four belief, a, a very common one. Again, if I want to throw some numbers out, I'm going to say if there's 7 billion plus people in the world, 5 billion of them at least believe this. Number four, you must choose between a successful career or a well-adjusted family. You must choose between a successful career or a well-adjusted family. Where do you see this the most? You see it in the parenthood thing. So, okay, if, 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 if I want to be successful at my company, I got to neglect my children. And I don't want to neglect my children. So I'm just going to have to settle that I won't make it to the top. You know, uh, the belief, okay, to be successful in business, you're going to have to be a hard-charging guy who's a absentee father. Really prevalent belief, guys. Like 5 billion people believe that. You got to blow that up. That belief does not serve you. That belief is one of the most insidious self-sabotage beliefs. Belief number negative, limiting belief number five. You are born needing redemption from a supernatural entity an omniscient, omnipresent, omni-whatever power that controls your destiny, that determines your fate, and that created you in a flawed state, in an imperfect state, in an incomplete state, a state needing approval, needing redemption, needing salvation. Now, you guys who follow my work for a long time know I, I've studied all of the major organized religions in the world, and I have a lot of issues with them. I have no issue with you if you have a religion. I have no issue with God. I have no issue if you believe in God. 
I have an issue with organized religion and the world's major organized religion and the limiting self-sabotage beliefs they're creating. Original sin in Christianity, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Buddhist eightfold path, the, I mean, I, I've just looked at the Muslim code of law. I've looked at all of these major religions and I see this same dynamic um, pisses off a lot of people, but I call them cosmic frequent flyer programs. Uh, for instance, I'm going to see my mother next weekend. It's her birthday. So I'm flying there to celebrate her birthday. So I thought, okay, of all these uh, 8 million frequent flyer miles that I've been collecting, running around the world, giving speeches. I'm going to trade in some of those miles with Delta and fly home and visit my mother. So I traded in my miles and I got the free trip to go home to see mom. And that's how it works. When you fly those airlines, you collect the points. And then when you want the free trip to Fiji or Tahiti or Hawaii, you trade in the points. And unfortunately, a lot of organized religions have people believing that life is a frequent flyer program or a you know, frequent guest program like you see with Hilton and Marriott and you know, the hotel chains. That if you collect enough points, you will win the free trip to nirvana or heaven or salvation in the end. So how do you win the free trip? Well, it depends on which organized religion bullshit you're believing. Okay, some people think I need to fly planes into skyscrapers and kill people. And then that is going to win me the free trip to in, you know, nirvana, to, to paradise. Other people think, well, if I bomb abortion clinics, that will get me to heaven. Or if I kill politicians, if I throw homosexuals off roofs, if I rub enough rosary beads, if I pray to Mecca enough, if I light enough candle, burn enough incense, chant enough mantras, say enough prayers, rub enough rosary beads, uh, do enough confessions, I keep getting points. And if I get enough points, then I will become worthy. And this is the most limiting belief of all, because it's this belief that you're born not worthy. And so, you know, another one of these is reincarnation, right? There are mi millions, maybe billions of people who believe they're reincarnated in this lifetime to pay penance for a bad thing they did in a previous lifetime. There are people who believe that they need to be reborn 150 times before they're going to be worthy and reach enlightenment. And if they're only on rebirth number 119, what's the, what happens? They sabotage their happiness. They sabotage their health. They sabotage their prosperity. Why? Because they were taught since they were four, five, six years old that they are not worthy, that they don't have enough points to win the free trip. This belief is deadly. 
This is the belief that causes trans kids to kill themselves. This is the belief that caused other people to murder trans people. This is the belief that causes people to destroy their marriage, sabotage their career, uh, completely disregard their health and, and live a life of misery. This is the belief that causes billions of people to withhold prosperity from themselves in this lifetime because they think the real lifetime is the afterlife. So they spend their whole life treating it like it's a rehearsal, preparing for death, believing that death is their birth. And listen, I'm not here to tell you whether there's afterlife or not. I'm not here to make that case. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know for sure. Yes, I know 800 of you who just heard my voice said, oh, I know because I read my holy book and my holy book is the truth and it told me there is this. Okay, great. You believe what you want to believe. But I'm telling you, if you live your life like a dress rehearsal and you live your life believing you're not worthy and that you only are going to collect enough points by the time you die, that's a tragedy. That's a sin. That's a sin against the force that created you. It's a crime against your soul. And it's a crime against humanity. Number six, kind of related to number one. This belief, and again, billions of people have this belief, your prosperity comes at the expense of another. Your prosperity comes at the expense of another. Again, so many people believe this because of that first belief. They think money is finite. They think the other parts of prosperity are finite. And so they think the only way to get it is to take it from someone who has it. This is completely erroneous belief because the true elements of prosperity are all limitless. The true elements of prosperity are all infinite. In fact, there is a regenerative quality about prosperity that actually allows it to regenerate itself, that the circulation of prosperity actually creates more prosperity for the people circulating it. And we're going to look at that when we look at the empowering belief. And uh, negative limiting belief number seven is that you, the, the belief is, I have a money shortage. So that's number seven for you guys keeping score at home. Number seven is, I have a money shortage. That's not true. Because money is just the delivery mechanism. Nobody 
hangs on to money for the most part. What do people do? They spend most of their life desperately trying to collect money. And then when they get the money, what do they do? As soon as they get it, they go and trade it for something else. So you see, when I got my last money, I bought that artwork you see on my wall. That's an a, a artist from Colombia. I bought those flowers sitting behind me. I bought that nice little MacBook monitor to see my screen. I went to Home Depot and bought that plant behind me. I renovated this apartment I'm sitting in. I got my little uh, Echo device there so I can order stuff. I traded the money for the things that I really wanted. The money was just a delivery mechanism. And this is true for all of us. Yeah, people keep some saving, very little, very few people. But I mean, sometimes we're holding on to money for a finite, a, a limited amount of time. And then we trade it for the thing that we really want the money for. And recognize that sometimes that's just freedom uh, or security. So that's what we trade money for. Um, so to say, but so how do we... Um, how do we attract money? Well, let's go back to, I forget what lesson we talked about this, but I believe there's three ways that we manifest prosperity on the physical realm. Way number one is we solve problems. Way number two is we add value. And way number three is we envision possibilities. Um, the way we do that, Charles Fillmore, if you remember in the very first lesson we did, week number one, uh, I read you from Charles Fillmore's book, Prosperity, and he talked about this metaphysical substance in the ethers. And he believed we manifested this substance that it surrounds us everywhere in the universe. And we manifest this substance into prosperity on the physical realm through the power of ideas. So J.K. Rowling was a mother, single mother on welfare, struggling to provide for her children. And she had the idea to write the Harry Potter book and became one of the wealthiest women in, in the UK. Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. I was just watching a, Art Jonak had put up a video of uh, Elon Musk on his entrepreneur group the other day. Uh, Elon was doing a, a couple of years ago, he was doing a uh, commencement speech for a college, the graduation speech, and um, he was talking about uh, sharing this apartment with his partners, they, this tiny office, they had one computer, so the website was live in the daytime, and then at night he was coding it, so the website was down, and they took showers at the YMCA. And then he had an idea him, Peter Thiel, some other people. And the idea was PayPal, which made him a billionaire. Then he had an idea for Neuralink, an idea for SpaceX, an idea for Tesla, an idea for the Boring Company. And he's now tied as the richest person on earth. Jeff Bezos had an idea for an online bookstore, which morphed into Amazon.com. So it wasn't a money shortage. It's not a money shortage. It never will be a money shortage. If you are not manifesting enough prosperity in your life, it means you're not manifesting enough ideas in your life. 
All right, so let's flip the switch. Let's have some fun now. Let's create a new list. This is the list of seven empowering prosperity beliefs. Number one, empowering prosperity belief. Money, love, hugs, and all true forms of prosperity are infinite. Money, love, hugs, all true forms of prosperity are infinite. If you give love to your children, it doesn't diminish that love. It increases the love. When you love your elderly parent and you provide for them, when you love a stranger in the subway, when you show love and kindness to somebody on Facebook who you disagree with, the visceral political disagreement, but you choose to show them love, you choose to show them kindness, that just manifests more love and more kindness. So you don't deplete your inventory. When you give someone a hug, they give you a hug back. It's a, it's a regeneration thing so there is no uh, and money is the same way when you circulate it you're circulating prosperity yes i gave money to the florist but i have those beautiful flowers behind me so every time i walk in my office every time i look at the screen when i'm talking to you guys i see those beautiful flowers behind me and it bring i see that beautiful plant behind me and it brings harmony and joy to my life this is the circulation law of prosperity. In fact, the simple circulation of forms of prosperity causes them to regenerate. So let's let go of that belief that money is infinite and let's play, replace it with the belief that money, love, hugs, and all forms of true prosperity are infinite. Belief number two, empowering prosperity belief number two. You absolutely can beat systemic bias and become wealthy. You can absolutely beat systemic bias and become wealthy. You know, people say, well, I don't have a college degree. You know, it doesn't seem to have hurt Bill Gates that he dropped out of college. It doesn't seem to hurt me that I got expelled from high school, right? It doesn't seem to hurt Oprah that she's a black woman. You know, it, it doesn't, I mean, all we have to do is just look everywhere and we say, wow, there is wealthy, successful, healthy, happy Jewish people, Hindu people, Muslim people, bisexual people, transgender people, non-binary people, undereducated people, elderly people, young people. Yes, again, let's go back to what we said before. There really is some inherent bias in the system. If you're not, you know, I wasn't in a good old boy network. I didn't have wealthy friends. My family did not have wealthy friends. We didn't have connections. Nobody was going to get me into West Point. Nobody was going to get me a scholarship at Harvard or Yale or Stanford. Um, those things weren't in my future. 
there were systemic things, you know, a bias against me. But accepting that these bias pre prevent you from becoming wealthy is a belief that doesn't serve you. Give me a yo, a hey, a amen in the comments. Wave on the screen something. Let me know you got this, all right? Same thing. You guys watching on the replay, okay? We put this up every Monday on Prosperity TV, my YouTube channel, and we post it to the Power Prosperity podcast every Monday as well. So you guys on the replay, check in. Same thing. Let me know what you're doing. You guys on the podcast, subscribe and rate, uh, please, on whatever provider you do. Um, just don't buy into the belief, you know, it's okay to believe, okay, I'm disabled. Okay, I have physical limitations that make this system stacked against me. That's absolutely true for millions and millions of people. But if my friend Kyle Maynard, who's a congenital amputee, born without hands and legs, can climb mountains, and he did, then we have to say, okay, that disability can't prevent you from reaching prosperity. If you don't believe me, you Google Kyle Maynard, M-A-Y-N-A-R-D, just a, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Um, so Nike did a, a, a like a, a documentary with him or ESPN 30 for 30, one of those where he climbs a mountain. Okay. I mean, when you just, when you know the guy good, like I do, you just, you're, you're, you, you're just so amazed and, and blessed and inspired and empowered, just hanging out, drinking coffee with him. Right. So, we can do that for every religion, every disability, every income block, every nationality, every ethnicity, every everything. There are people who can become, who do become wealthy in that. So if, if you're, uh, so I see, let me see, what do we got? So I got Denora is a black woman, if my screen is telling me the truth. So, um, the fact that Oprah was successful as a black woman means that it's possible for Denora. Okay. And I can see Amir is probably Muslim. I'm going to guess Islamic something. Uh, I'm going to guess Sarav might be a Hindu, but I'll say he's a person of color. Uh, I'm going to say, right. But yet we can find people in all of those categories who had the same scenario, who were successful and are successful and are becoming successful. So, yeah, you know, you can choose to be a victim, right? I could have said, hey, I mean, I was a high school dropout. I was in jail at 15 years old. I was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And I come from a poor family and a single mother who was raising three kids by herself. Nobody could have argued against my excuses. But it was only when I was willing to stop giving those excuses and take personal responsibility for my prosperity that I was able to, monet, to, to manifest it. Okay, third empowering prosperity belief, money simply reflects who you are. 
money simply reflects who you are. Money can't corrupt you any more than sweets or drugs or alcohol or any other addictive substance like that, right? I know if I eat nothing but cookies and candies and cake all day long, I will get overweight, I will get sick, I will get diabetes and I will die. But I can't blame it on the sweets. I have to blame, I have to take responsibility that I chose to eat that, right? I know crystal meth will kill me, but I can't blame the crystal meth. I have to blame myself if I torch up with that, all right? Alcohol, right? I can't blame the alcohol. I have to, bl I have to take personal responsibility if I make the decision to drink alcohol. When you take responsibility, then you take your own power back. When you look for the excuse, when you say, well, uh, you know, um, the money corrupted her. No, you're giving away your power. Money doesn't corrupt anybody. Success doesn't corrupt anybody. What those things do is they reveal who you are. So if you say, wow, I find that now that I'm getting wealthier, I can afford cocaine and I can drink six drinks every night at dinner and half a bottle of wine in the evening. And I, you know, now that I have money, I can do this and I can uh, hire a sex worker and cheat on my spouse and I can do that. Well, that's not the money doing that. It's not the success doing that. That's revealing to you your lack of self-discipline or your lack of character, the issues in your life that you need to work on. And by the way, you have issues like that. I have issues like that. We all have issues like that. That's what the journey toward prosperity is about. It's recognizing those weaknesses, recognizing the character traits that we need to build, recognizing the self-discipline that we need to do. All right, belief number four, you can create a harmonious, harmonious synergy with your career and personal life, supporting each other in abundance. It's a long one, I'll repeat it again. You can create a harmonious synergy with your career and personal life, supporting each other in abundance. The limiting belief of one or the other is true only in poverty conscious environments. Let's dig into that. We need to double click on this because when I say, because there are places, there are environments that it's true that you have to make a choice between your personal life or your career. So I'm in a business deal. This is way back when. This is in the, the 90s. So I'm in a business deal with somebody and we're in discussion with another person 
who's a business deal. Uh, Paula, is that you need to mute or somebody? Um, so we're talking about, so I'm talking with somebody who's already my partner and we're talking about this other person that uh, wants to do business with us. So he's written a book. <sighs> How do I protect his, protect the guilty party? I don't want to give the name of the book. I don't want to give his name. Um, it's a story of how he made hundreds of millions of dollars and um, is part of the book. So one of the chapters is this litmus test that he gives his potential partners. And the litmus test is he finds out when their child's birthday is. And then he schedules an emergency meeting the day before their child's birthday to see somewhere out of town where they got to jump on a plane and come and meet him. And then he finds out if they're loyal and serious. And that was his litmus test. So my partner tells me about the, you know, he's got this book. So I say, well, I'm going to go read the book. I want to see what this dude is all about. So I read that book and I get to that chapter and I'm like, okay, we're done with this. We're done here. Right. I just said anybody like that, I would never want to be in business with somebody like that. Why would I? Right? So that's a conscious choice that we make. So yeah, I could have done. And then when something comes up, it's my mother's birthday or it's my sister's getting married or my grandmother's funeral or something. I could say, I don't have a choice. I'm in business with this guy and he's so tough. And yeah, no, that's on me. Right? I, I chose to accept that limiting environment. I had such, I would have had such low self-esteem to work there, right? So, and I get, you know, there's a million different, you know, nuances with this. You may have to start with a job that limits you, that doesn't, isn't all prosperous, that isn't all unicorns and moonbeams and rainbows. I get it, right? But we all can grow through that. That's what this experience with life is about, this moving on this pathway to the highest possible version of ourselves. So we, we make choices and then we grow as people and we make better choices. And it's, but again, it all goes back to, do I want to be a victim or do I want to be a victor? If you choose the victimhood route, all your friends are going to agree with you. Everybody's going to tell you it's not your fault and there was really nothing you could do. Let me check on this. Okay, got the time is good. Um, but that's a conscious choice. So you decide, hey, I'm going to manifest a way. I'm going to employ the power of ideas to create the kind of environment that allows me to create this harmonious synergy that we talked about. Number five, no one is born in original sin, but rather is bathed in original blessing. No one is born in original sin, but rather is bathed in original blessing. And again, this is just 
this is how I choose to, like if we take original sin, that's a, a concept that is taught in Catholicism and many other Christian denominations um, based on their interpretation of the Bible. I read the same Bible as they do, but I have created a different belief because my interpretation of the Bible is that we are born in original blessing, that we have this omniscient, omnipresent, uh, omnipotent power, force, whatever label we want to call it, which created us and allows us to unfold into enlightenment. That is the belief that I choose to have because it's based on the belief, the rock solid belief that I am worthy, that you are worthy. You are not born needing to be fixed. You are not born needing salvation, redemption. You are born in original blessing. And part of that blessing is your strengths, your talents, your gifts, your personality, your physicality that you are able to employ each day to become a higher person of yourself than you were the day before. Empowering prosperity belief number six, the more prosperity you attract, the more prosperity you can circulate. So number six, the more prosperity you can attract, the more prosperity you can circulate. So let's lose this belief that for you to become more successful, you have to take it away from someone else or that for someone else to become successful, they have to take away from you. They don't. That's a bad premise. Remember, money is infinite. All of the true manifestations of prosperity are infinite. And the more we give away, the more we circulate, the more we will attract back to us. And finally, numero siete, no one suffers from a money shortage, only an idea shortage. No one suffers from a money shortage, only an idea shortage. There are people, man, if you don't believe me, listen to the, it was just out last week, Tim Ferriss did a podcast with uh, Novenkrantz. What's her first name? Is it Julia? I'm thinking. But anyway, look for Novakrantz. It's is it France Novakrantz? Novakrantz. What's her first name? Is it France? I don't think France, um, but it's Novakrantz. Okay, it's, yeah, I, I know the uh, the last name. I was not aware of the first one. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's his podcast from last week. For you guys on the replay, whenever you're watching, this is actually uh, May 15, twenty twenty one, that we're doing this. So within the last week, it was his podcast. And um, she's doing all this. She's with Acumen, this uh, organization she started. And just hearing her stories about starting bakeries in Africa and giving women jobs and then creating micro lending organizations and the 
it's just so inspiring to hear it was you know and, and tim's had some amazing podcasts with brilliant insightful people but i think this last one was was probably my favorite just because it shows the power jacqueline okay thank you very much yeah so jacqueline novogratz n-o-v-o-g-r-a-t-z jacqueline novogratz um just amazing stuff so no matter where you are if you're in national city in san diego and south central la compton uh sao paulo uh san salvador anywhere you know there if you with the right idea you can manifest more prosperity in your life all that stands but listen to me people listen to me very carefully all you guys listening on the on the treadmill on the elliptical walking your dogs i want you to pay attention for really hard that all that stands between you and your prosperity is a great idea all right one more uh, note on supporting the show and then i'm going to give you your assignment actually i'm going to combine them remember if you want to support the work please go to randygage.com forward slash go and give whatever you want to do to support the work. And here's your assignment for everybody this week. Your assignment is to show me that you want this show to continue. So you show me two ways by supporting the, show, the work, whatever. Again, like I say, $1 a week, $2 a week. If you just show me, hey, I'm here, I'm in Africa, I, I make whatever, so I can only give a dollar a month. Okay, great. I see that dollar a month. That means something to me. I know, hey, I'm touching somebody there. It's making a difference for them. And the second way you do is you share the show. You tell your friends about it. You create a watch party. You know, like here in the States, we're in a good, sh good spot with the virus. People are getting together. People are vaccinated. So maybe next Sunday, have a little watch party. Get three or four people over to your place. Have they all been vaccinated? Can watch together? Do that. Otherwise, call, text, WhatsApp, telegram your friends. Tell them about the show. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and share those shows. Okay, thank you everybody for watching. Here's the deal for next week. The topic is going to be a really sexy one. Uh, we're going to talk about unleashing your genius. And obviously, you know, the, 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 the skew of the lessons each week are prosperity. So we're going to talk in practical application terms. How do you unleash your genius to have more health, harmony, and prosperity in your life. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, uh, let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.